Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 21, Live Your Best Self, where we talk to a woman who knows her way around life. She is a life coach, a self-help blogger, a dating expert, and the creator of the intuitive healing method. Let's welcome to the podcast, the lovely Brit. So what made you get into this field? Good question. So I've actually never wanted to do anything but life coaching. I'm literally like one of those strange little girls. So I'm 30. And I remember in seventh grade, we had home economics class. I don't even know if that exists anymore. I actually don't know if that exists anymore either, but it was really fun. I had a great time. I made a pillow I still have. I learned to make chocolate chip cookies. Those are life problems that you need to learn. Right. We watched Degrassi. But in that class, one time we had to go to the library and it was like career something. And we had to just like Google a bunch of colleges and look for careers that we were interested in. And like, I'm looking around. And so this is like year like... I don't know, 2002, 2001. So this is like, life coaching isn't even like a real thing like out there. Like now I feel like every other person's a life coach and that's cool. We need more people helping people, but it was like, not like a thing. So I'm like Googling like how to help people duh, 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 and then like how to help women. Cause Oprah was like my jam. Everybody was watching MTV. I was watching Oprah like that. That was just my weirdness. And I stumbled upon this thing that said life coach. And I'm like, Mr. Rogers, like, what's a life coach? And he like leans in and he's like reading and he's like this older gentleman who was probably like 40s. But to me, I thought he was like super old. And he's like, well, it sounds like a therapist who's like also your best friend. And I was like, hot damn, that's what I want to do. So that's just kind of been my drive. So like, I've never wanted to do anything else. I went for my undergrad, you know, they don't have that as like, a degree choice. So I did sociology and women's studies. And then after that, my mom was like, well, you should go to grad school, become a therapist. And I was like, I don't want to listen to people's problems all day. Like, that's not what I want to do. I want to help them change. Like I want to make radical change in their lives. And so I went like a holistic route. So I became a yoga teacher and a Reiki master and all this fun stuff. And I was like dipping into all different religions and things like that. And then like, I opened my life coaching practice And I kept getting people who were struggling with suicide. And I, as a coach, I'm like, this is an insurance liability for me. I can't, like, even though in my heart, I felt like I could help them, I didn't feel equipped enough to do it. So like two and a half years ago, I went through a really bad breakup and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to graduate school. Like I'm going to stop like ignoring the signs of the universe of like helping people with clinical depression and anxiety. And yeah, so now I'm finishing my master's and I'm applying for my PhD. And so like, I like label myself as like a clinical life coach. So it's like, I have the experience and I have the know-how that if you are struggling with that, I I'm equipped to help you like heal your PTSD and all of these things. And it's all things that I've struggled with myself. So I also bring that perspective of like, I know how it feels. I might not know your experience, but I know that feeling in my own life. And I'm a testimony for you that you can transcend it and you can heal and you can live a great life. So you were talking a little bit about manifesting. You talked about healing trauma, which is huge. Both Stephanie and I have been in emotionally abusive relationships. So 
how does that come into it? What's your take on mindset and manifesting? Yeah, that's a great question. So I believe so deeply in manifesting. Like there's a quote from A Course in Miracles that really like dictates my life. When I'm certain of the outcome, I can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. If I am so certain in my core, if I am aligned completely, if I'm congruent with my actions, my behaviors and my thoughts and my emotions, I know that if I take this small step, it'll eventually lead me to right here. I think a lot of people get caught up on like, they take one step and they think they should be here. But that's just, I mean, sometimes, sometimes that happens, but I'm really into like practicality. Like I'm a Virgo. So like, I'm like, give me the logistics. Like I'm all for the woo woo. I was like, but I need to know that there's some like evidence with this too, you know? And that's where mindset comes in. So it's like, okay, I know if I take step one, I'll eventually get to step 100. And that's how I believe in manifesting and believing it to your core and then being congruent with your actions, having clarity and really believing in that spiritual experience. And that doesn't have to do with religion, but just that spiritual knowing that you are capable. If you believe that it can happen, then you need to feel it in your core, embrace it, and trust that the universe, God, your spirit, everything is on your side. And I, I fully believe that I'm a religious person, but I also got to religion from being super spiritual. So I relate so well to that too. So I'm, I'm comfortable using the words like the universe and consciousness and all of that. Like I don't have a problem with that. So I believe that we are in a reality that is here to support us if we just open up to trusting and believing in it. So I come from very religious upbringing and then that turned into more of a spirituality. So for me, the use of the word universe was so life-changing because I would always say, you know, God, and then I didn't feel that I connected with that anymore. And so then I found myself completely lost without a cause. I didn't know what I believed in. And then once I realized there's this side of the universe that is the universe, it's it's going outside, it's closing your eyes, it's hearing the birds in the tree, it's feeling the grass in your feet. And that is in itself a quote unquote religion. And if we tune in to these little things in our lives, so like manifesting, you put it out into the universe, but then tune in. Tune into the little things the universe is now giving you to say, hey, over here. And it really is kind of a life changer. And to not beat yourself up if maybe you're not tuning into it right away. Because I know we, you know, you get you get in your own way sometimes. I certainly do still. And I'm like, why aren't these things happening? Meanwhile, laundry's piled up. Well, yeah, because the magical universe fairy isn't gonna come in and be like, I'm gonna do your laundry. Like you still have to like do stuff for it to happen. It shifts your perspective and your mindset to be able to get to that point without anxiety because you're like, wait, I know I'm going to get there. And I know even though I'm not there right now, I'm more there than I was yesterday. Yeah. You hit on two really great things. So the first is tuning in, right? So the universe speaks a language and we live in this like chaotic, broken world. So we're like on Instagram and our minds are here and we're doing this and da, 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 that we don't take a second to just like, okay, let me tune in. Like, 
what's going on with me. There's a story being told here in things that I can't see. There's energy all around us. There's connectivity. There's all of these different things. So let me like first recognize that I'm out of alignment, right? So you recognize, realize, and forgive. Because if you are like not forgiving yourself, well, then you're still out of freaking alignment. You're not going to tune in because you're judging yourself. And if you're being in a place of judgment, you're not in a place of love. And the universe speaks in compassion and grace and understanding. But at the same time, there's freaking law, right? So like we still, we have to do the active practice of listening and then taking action. Which leads me to my second point of what you were saying. I forget exactly what you said, but it was, oh, right. The little like universe fairy is going to come and do our laundry. How many times have I done that? If you guys could see my home office right now, like behind the screen, it is an absolute mess. This bed was made and then that's it. And I'm like looking and I'm like, I have so much cleaning to do in this room. Unreal. I resonate. But with that, like what you were saying, I heard this on TikTok and I've heard this before with like needing to take inspired action. Like God will provide the inspiration, but we have to take the action. Right. But I had heard this thing just the other week on TikTok and I was like, Ooh, I like the way you said this. And he said that it's up to us to do the natural. It's up to God to do the super. So we have to do the natural acts like cleaning the room, but it is up to God, the universe, consciousness, the language of energy to provide the super. Like that's out of our control, but what we can control is cleaning our room. So it's taking responsibility, but also being like, God, I know you got me. That is amazing. And I hope that that stays in my head. Future Emily, I hope you think back on this moment. This is another one of my tattoos that I want on my forehead, but in reverse so that when I look in the mirror, it says what I need it to say. Write it on your mirror. Like on my bathroom mirror, I say, why don't you choose to love yourself today? So it's just that morning reminder to love yourself. Like even when you're bloated, even when you have like, I have like a pimple here, not cute, but like, it's really not a big deal. So it's like, why don't you choose to love yourself today? And remembering it's a choice. Yeah. My dad used to write post-its as I was in high school and middle school, and he would post them on every mirror. Like you are beautiful. You've got this. Yeah. And now when him and my mom got divorced, my oldest brother, Zachary, he actually, he did the reverse. So he wrote my dad post-its and put them on his mirrors to be like, try something new today. It's really sweet. He still has them around his house. If you go over. You guys are such a sweet family. Can you adopt me? Uh, my dad will cry. He's a he's a big crier. But yes, he loves all humans. He does not care. But no, I love what you said because I, and everybody knows this, if you listen to the podcast, I am such a future thinker that it is extremely difficult for me to therefore say, all right, I took the first step. Now I guess I have to take the second. I'm like, no, I want to get to the hundredth step. Why am I not there yet? But you're right. <laughs> like it is, you need to follow this step. You can't just like, start from zero to go to a hundred. I did a crunch. Why do I not have a six pack set of abs? But see, my problem is I also like to live in the past a little bit. So I live either forward or backward. So when I have these like odd moments of just being in the, mo I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm in like an alternate universe. It's wild. And I'm like, whoa, I'm in the moment. And then I'm all of a sudden now I'm thinking about all the times I wasn't in the moment. And am I going to be in the moment in the future? So it's very fleeting. Well, it's so funny because like, 
I think it's really important, especially in like this personal development, self-help, woo-woo lifestyle, being in flow, being in the moment isn't common. And we see on like social media, especially that's like, Ooh, be in flow. Do, 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 do. And it's like, it's not that common. Like, so you shouldn't beat yourself up. And that's why it does feel like an alternate reality. Because like, in my belief, that's kind of like, that's like a breath of heaven, right? Like that's how it would feel if we were to live in this utopian state of like, wow, everything makes sense. Like everything's rushing around, but I feel so at peace. Like I feel so aligned. I'm like, I feel the air in my like lungs. I feel the blood in my body. Like I'm fully present in this experience. And it's such a beautiful experience, but we don't live in a culture that encourages it. I mean, we do in like, go do this, buy this self-help book, do this, do this, do this. But it's still coming from this consumer push perspective and though it's helpful like we're computers right so we're just always on and I'm about to get on like my therapist like soapbox real quick I'm really sorry but like sometimes we'll beat ourselves up because we have so many thoughts but our brains don't turn off like and I teach people how to meditate like the most common thing I hear from people is like I can't get my my thoughts to stop I'm like well you're not supposed to if your brain like stops like your brain stops and that's not good. Like you don't want that. What you want to do is experience the experience of letting the thoughts go and not staying in it and starting to observe that they're just thoughts. Like they're not concrete, like they're just thoughts. And sometimes people even have intrusive thoughts that aren't like related to the core of who they are or like they get like road rage for a second and they think something like terrible and they're like oh my god that's not me and then they start thinking like oh my god is that me am I a bad person it's like no honey it's literally just a thought so you have to learn to choose which thoughts that you want to hold on to and which thoughts are just like random conscious universe people are thinking these things so you've thought about it too and let it pass do you feel the use of social media has hindered or helped especially when you're going into a meeting with somebody that's asking for help. Do you feel like that plays a part in their insecurities? I think generally, yes, because it's a highlight reel of our lives, right? So people don't post on their bad days. And then people who do post on their bad days excessively, I'm like, eek, that's not good either. Because like what you're doing is, this is an extreme example, but when people do that, I view it as like almost like a self-mutilation type of thing. Like they're saying it, like they're broadcasting their pain and they're looking for something to either save them or something like that. And then other people who aren't doing that and they're just highlighting the happy, great things. You know, some people are just, are really healthy and they're just showing, but those are the people who aren't that connected to social media and are probably really healthy on who they are, know what they want. I'm sure they still feel a little bit of insecurity, but not much. So like, it's this really hard place to be. So I really try to encourage balance, which again, I don't even like fully believe in the term balance because, you know, there's going to be some things on your plate, like a new parent, right? 
you're not going to say balance your life. Like make sure you only take care of your kid like 25% and then your husband or wife, the other 20, like that does not work. Like that's not real life. So at times life is going to be a little unbalanced, but it's trying to find, okay, how can I structure my day in a way that makes it feel balanced. So maybe 50% is spent taking care of the new baby. And then you give 2% of that day to take a warm shower at three o'clock to decompress and be ready for the next stage. Like that in itself is balance. I'm not sure if I even answered your yes. question. I know you did. I, and I really appreciate that you brought up that extreme self-deprecation I see it a lot more with the younger generation. It's this like sad, bad girl attitude is what I like to call it or sad, bad boy or however you choose to identify. But it's this idea that the sadder you are, the more riddled with mental illnesses you are, the cooler you are. Look at me. I'm so sad. I'm quirky. I'm And as somebody who has struggled with like really dark thought, it's not. When I was younger, I was like, oh, because you know, we didn't talk about it more. I'm 30. I'm going to be 30. So it wasn't super talked about when I was younger. So anytime you would click with somebody who's like, I also have these same thoughts. You're like, all right, it's our own little gang. But then now we're this own little gang of like really sad thoughts that like lead to bad decisions. And so we've now given a platform to this where we're putting it on a pedestal for likes, for comments, like, oh, you a baddie. You're so pretty. I love it. It's wrong validation through insecurities, through sadness. I mean, I don't find anything cute about any of that. If you really live that, and I have, as a lot of people have, none of it's, it's not fun. It gets to a point where it's not fun or cute or quirky anymore. It's, it's scary and debilitating. And some days you cannot get out of bed or you're just at work existing and people are talking to you and it's like a foreign language. So I'm very grateful that you brought that up because I don't think a lot of people talk about that part of it, but we like elevate it. Like it's this really cool token to get into this exclusive VIP lounge. Personally, I have had anxiety my whole life, clinical depression, like severe suicidal depression over about a decade ago. And I also have PTSD. So this is not something that I would wish upon anyone because Something that you had like touched on is when you're in it, you can't see out of it at times. It's almost like you went into one of those, are they fun rooms that are not fun where there's like a gazillion mirrors? You know, it's like, you don't know which mirror is the door. You don't know which mirror is like the real mirror. So you're like, ah, and then, you know, somebody says like, ah, you know, just think positive. It's like, I literally can't because the only thoughts that are coming in are the ruminating thoughts, right? Because like what we give energy to expands. So we're hearing these like really scary, intense thoughts and then they build because, you know, that's how life is just with positive thoughts. They build positive behaviors, build negative behaviors, build. So it can be really, really scary. So I see that on social media and I'm like, no, don't do it. Like, I don't want you here. And also you're never going to live a good life. And I think in society, we have this perception that you have to do it alone. And something that I've started to welcome in, I'm 30 and I've started to welcome in my late twenties is 
I'm not alone. And that's, that's the story, right? That's the narrative I'm writing in every chapter of my life. So like, I see a theme of like abuse and mental health since I was in elementary school that really led me to these horrific experiences through my life. And it wasn't until like I experienced such debilitating depression and I had a terrible experience where I woke up from that I should not have had the ability to wake up from, I realized something needed to change. And because nothing from my exteriors was changing, no matter how much I said, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. Why isn't anybody saving me? I had this like light bulb of, oh, I have to save myself. No one's coming to get me. Like I need to do it. Right. So in that, I was on this path of like self-discovery, religion, spirituality, yoga, all these different healing avenues. And in that experience, I still had that narrative of like, I have to do this alone. And then I had this shift like a few years ago where I was like, I need to start asking for help. I need to not do this alone because at the end of the day, the core pain for myself was I'm alone. And that's such a terrible feeling to have. And even like, I think I had mentioned like I'm Christian. So like I had that experience with God and Jesus and like, I'm not alone in that sense, but he didn't make man. And I just mean like human man, he didn't make man to be alone, right? We're, we're rib of each other's rib. So we're made to be with each other. And I work as a therapist right now during the day too, in the addiction field. And the antidote to addiction is connection, right? So it's not isolating. And most of the time, if they're struggling with addiction, they're also struggling with mental health of some, some form. And I feel like I have never had like a drug addiction, but I've had like addiction to men, like and love addiction and like addiction to food and unhealthy patterns that I've had to detox from and change. And I just feel that when we take a step back and realize we don't have to do this alone and you don't even have to have mental health issues, just life in general, that you don't have to be alone. You can text a friend and be like, Hey, I'm down today. Like, can you share some good news? That connection brings joy to our life. It makes us feel secure. It makes us feel like we have something to look forward to or sharing. Like when I went through a breakup a few years ago, I would get in this moment of, I would be so sad. Like a couple months later, I'd be so sad. And then I'd be like, I should tell someone I'm sad, which is like, was such a foreign thought to me. Like tell someone you're sad. No, you're going to wait until you explode and you're crying the floor and somebody has to pick you up and they go, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, how did you not know? Even though I was smiling and never told anyone, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that was like the story of my life. And so I started to learn to just tell people I was sad. Like I remember calling my mom or texting her and saying like, Hey, like I'm really sad about man here. Like I'm just feeling it today. And she would share such an encouraging word. And it also brought us closer in our relationship to a place that I was always so resistant to and thought like it didn't exist, but it didn't exist because I was resistant to it. A lot of times, like our whole perspective and our behaviors drive the experience that we have. So many amazing things that I'm going to have to play back. And good thing it's me that edits the podcast because then I get to listen back on all these conversations like a bajillion times. You touched on so many amazing little nuggets of wisdom. And one of the things that Steph and I really like to talk about is connection. Connection is so huge. And 
the idea of being alone is something that we want to make sure people understand on this podcast, especially is that we're not alone. Every time we talk to another guest, Stephanie and I are like, wow, welcome. We have a room full of us now. We're all the same. We're all very different, but we're all very similar at the same time. So like the more of you that we get to speak to, the room just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So to understand that, like, you are not alone. You're not the only woman that's ever felt this. There's 20 other women in the room that are having cocktails over in the kitchen. That is what makes it and what makes life that much more exciting. It's so critical to, and I am so guilty of this. And I still, I'm like, I don't want to bother anybody with my problems, right? You apologize to me all the time. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're apologizing. Because I also come from a space of if somebody's complaining too much about the same thing all the time and there's no change associated with it, associated with the words, then you just want to hear yourself talk. If you're coming to me to talk to me, know that I want to give you advice. Now, how can we have a solution to this? How can we gear ourselves into a better headspace? Not even like fix it, but what are the baby steps? Let's take some. But I know for me, I have been in situations where I felt I was getting dumped on emotionally all the time. And that like, I somehow was responsible for picking this person up. And it got to the point where I was like, you got to make your own decisions. You have to take control of your life. Not to say that we have total control. I think some things are just on the trajectory and we happen to be along for the ride. But at some point, you have to acknowledge that things are not changing for you because you are not willing to admit that you are part of the the problem. I mean, self-awareness, we talk about self-awareness all the time. And I think it's critical to be self-aware. And sometimes that means saying, I'm not okay. And I would like to be, and I need to speak to someone. There's no failure in admitting you need a little bit of help. What you just said brings me to my next question for Britt. What is the best way to start changing yourself and your surroundings to get that optimal future that you want, that goal? That's a great question. In my world, clarity is king clarity. Like if you have no clarity, you have no direction. If you have no direction, you have no like sense of purpose or anything like that. So once you gain clarity, then you know what to do, right? So like in intuitive healing, I truly believe that we know all of our own answers. I truly in my core, like there's a deep sense, like we have sixth sense of intuition, right? So it doesn't mean like, oh, I don't feel good. I know that I have cancer and I'm going to cure it. Like, that's not what it means. It means like, Ooh, I don't feel good. This isn't normal. What in my diet can I change? What can I like feel out? And if it's not getting better, let me intuitively feel guided to the doctor or the professional that I need to reach out to. So it's like, I truly believe that we all have this deep sense of knowing who we are, what we need and things like that. But a lot of us, don't know that we like, we've been so cut off from it, whether we've had like spiritual trauma or just trauma in general, or we just haven't been paying attention. So first, I really think that you need to find clarity. So let's say you're in a relationship that just doesn't bring you joy. And granted, I do believe that we go through seasons with partners, 
I don't think there's ever going to be somebody who's perfect that can, you know, take care of us and I don't know, check off every single list that we like the magic fairy, the universe fairy. I don't think there's a universe boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, I don't think that that exists either. So we have to be gracious and understand that, you know, we're people with different emotions and we're going to be a little confrontational. But if you're living in a relationship that you just feel like it's struggling, like you just feel like it's just not what you want. Like you intuitively, I'm like, I want this. Why, why can't this be this? Well, that's a sign. You have clarity that you want something else but you're choosing this behavior. And I'm a big advocate for like tough self-love. Like I'm a little like hard. Like, like I'm a little hard. And like, I, I tell my clients, I'm like, listen, I will give you the utmost grace, love, support, care, all of it, but I'm going to hold you the F accountable. And if you are not changing your life and you are just complaining, then you do not want to change. Change is hard. I have this thing where I tell people, choose your hard. Like which hard do you want to have? And it's so good that you are the type of person to say that, that you're not going to curtail to be like, oh, it's okay. And don't worry. Cause some stuff is, but other stuff is like, yo, do you want this? to be different or not you hold that power and you are actively choosing not to do it because I think it goes back to when you get praise for negative reinforcement yeah and like I like my perspective I like me no like I like my perspective because I've been on both sides like I know how it feels like I know how hard it is to change like I know all of those things but I also know if you actually want to change you have to actually change you can't change without changing. Like it doesn't, it literally doesn't work. Like it doesn't exist. So I'm big into like tough love, hold yourself accountable. You want to lose those five pounds? Stop eating ice cream every night. Switch to nice cream, like do frozen bananas and cacao powder. It tastes the freaking same. And it's so much better for you. Like I was also an athlete, like not a great one, but I had the most team spirit and you will not win if you do not train. Like you cannot show up for game day expecting to win and you never train. You never practice. Like just get off the field. Like, I don't know why I said field. I was a swimmer, but like, get, get off the, yeah, like get out of the pool. Like don't even put your bathing suit on. You haven't been practicing. Don't even put the bathing suit on. And I think that really served me having that athletic mindset, because if you don't show up, it won't work. Like it only works if you work it. So if you want to change, you need to find clarity. Let your, like I do, I love contrast work. So if you're feeling all these negative feelings, the first step is identifying how you don't want to feel. Well, you don't want to feel this negative thing. So I have you write a sentence or like a paragraph of, okay, how would you like to feel? Take a moment, like... We don't breathe and decompress. We don't tune in enough, right? So like me even doing that as an example, man, felt so good. So then you find that clarity of what you want in that. So then we break it down, right? So a lot of people get overwhelmed. They have these like high, like they're right here, right? So we're, we're right here, right? So we're at ground zero and we want to be at ground 20. Well, okay. At least we have clarity on ground 20. What are the steps? And lots of times like, Thinking about the whole steps gets us really overwhelmed. And then we get in this analysis paralysis, right? Where it's like, we know that there's so much to do. And then we're like, oh my God, I can't do any of this. Where's Netflix? Like, let me just like 
put a big pile of clothes over here, not do my dishes, put like the blanket over and watch Outlander forever. Okay, so where was I? Like analysis paralysis, right? So we get really overwhelmed and we don't do anything. So what I try to do is just condense it to like the next day. Like what can you do today that moves the needle? If you know, just like that quote from A Course in Miracles, if you are certain of the outcome, you can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. If you know that if you work out, you know, you do 30 minutes on the elliptical at a 12% for 30 minutes at a three miles per hour, you're going to burn double the calories than if you were just walking. So you know, you're going to burn 300 calories. That's great. You can do all of these things every single day to get you to where you want to be. But if you're not willing to do those things, if you're not willing to show up for yourself, then what makes you think that that goal you want will show up for you? I also am big on saying like, we live in a broken world. So bad things are going to happen. And we need to know what's critical for people who want to transform their life is not just making the change, but how to stay consistent with that change when you plateau or when bad things happen. And you might like go off the rail, you might like go off the wagon, but can you get back up? Can you form a spirit of resiliency? Can you be a warrior of life? So it's, it's really important to like build that structure for ourselves and be self-disciplined. And I don't think that without self-discipline, can you really have a great life? Before you were talking about being a warrior, which I love. So then I need to know what women empowerment means to you. For me, what it means, your life matters. And I don't want any person, especially a woman who's living in a male dominated world. And like, I love men. I don't think, you know, it's just how it happened. And there's definitely a cultural shift, but your life matters. Who you are matters. You have, I say this all the time and I say it because it's something I, I always have to say to myself, but there is a seat at the table for you. It moves me. It like brings me to tears because so often we're told that it's for other people or you don't belong here. And it's not true. And I think so many of us feel lost in that. And we're told that it's not our place or we've been in abusive relationships and we're made to feel like we're we're nothing. And no person, especially a woman who's so sensitive, like I think women are so amazing in their own experience. Like I think men are amazing too, but like, I'm so proud to be a woman. And though it, it can be challenging and difficult, it's amazing. And I think we have such a gift to offer to the world. So to me, like if I can help you shift your belief in yourself and your worthiness, because women who are healed change the world. So we were talking a little bit before about, you know, being the big sister to that younger generation. Stephanie and I definitely feel that we are both teachers. So what advice would you give your 15 year old self? Focus on yourself, focus on school. Men can come and go. And you're also not, and like, obviously I would do this in a really tactful way that my younger self who was really hormonal and didn't want to listen would understand it and know that I'm coming from a place of love and not a place of judgment. But I would share that focus on your dreams, focus on yourself, focus on building yourself up 
and don't be distracted by boys. Don't even be distracted by mean girls. Don't be distracted by everybody else because at this phase in your life, you're developing. Your brain is not fully there. Like it's scientifically proven. Your brain isn't developed until you're 26 years old. So I would really want to encourage build your strength know your purpose. You are capable of so much more and above anyone else. You deserve your own love and respect the most. That is brilliantly said. We think you're amazing. And I want other people to be able to enjoy your amazingness with us. So where can people find you? I give a lot of dating advice on TikTok, date with Brit, and then Brit Labonte on Instagram and Facebook and all the things. So yeah. And like, I always tell people like, reach out in like, when I do polls and like, when people send me DMs, I actually respond. And like, when people like comment on my TikToks, I think they've been like shocked. Like I'll make videos like responding to, I mean, it's only 60 seconds. So like, I really tried, I'm like, listen, this is mental, spiritual, behavioral. These are all the things that you need to do. And so like, I really, just like you guys want to touch one life at a time, that's the same thing. If I can help women either avoid toxic relationships or heal from them, then it's made my experience worth it. Thank you so much for everything. You are just such a freaking delight. Oh, you guys have made my life better. Perfect. Oh my God. You're such a delight. This has been wonderful. And thank you, thank you, thank you. I I mean, a million times thank you. I know we say it all the time, but really and truly, you are something special. And I am just so grateful that you are here on this plane, in this universe, in this dimension, whatever you want to call it, because I, I really feel that more people need to be like you, and we all need to have that support. And with that being said, we thank you so much for syncing up with us, and we hope everyone listening that you sync up with us this time.